You know what time it is. Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little, Sports Edition. Nick the Quick's in the building. What's going on? We're going through the Bears NFL franchise tag season. We're going to talk about what the Bears did with Kyle Fuller, go through the league, around the league, who's getting tagged, who's not, and maybe the Bears can pick off some of those guys. We're going to go through the Bulls, talk about them getting their sl- uh, their hands slapped a little bit. From the league about resting healthy players. We're going to talk tanking. We're going to talk deer basketball. I got a take on Kobe in this deer (laughs) basketball. We're going to touch that. And then to close it out, we're going to talk trending topics, man. We're going to pull up Twitter, whatever's trending. See what's going on on the internet today, man. We got a take on it. No catch up (laughs) Chicago, for Chicago, by Chicago. Listen up. Big Nick the Quick, Tuesday night, man. We back in the stew. It's just me and Quick. T went out the originals. T went out to check out uh, Evanston Loyola. Loyola, yep. I think it's a playoff game. I'm pretty sure. Yep. So T and uh, yo Juice is actually out there too. Shout out the boys. They're going to check out and support the young the young hoopers. Where's the game at? Is it at Loyola? I think it's at Main East. Main East. Okay. I think it's at Main East. So they went to check that out. They're going to take some pictures and, and bring some back for the pod. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. First off, quick. We chilling. It's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I, I go in the kitchen. Nick is waiting on me in the living room. I'm like, yo, you want some wine? I'm going to have a glass. This cat disrespected me so OD. Look. <laughs> this cat disrespected me so OD and asked me if I had a red, like I would be drinking white. At the crib on a Tuesday night. What I look like, bro? I mean, you look like a light-skinned dude, man. So sometimes, you know, <laughs> nah, for, the nah. brother, for the brothers on the fairer side of the complexion, you don't really know how they be rocking with their nah. vino choices, man. You know, you know, strong, uh, dark-skinned brother like myself, we only drink the red vino. But I don't know, man. Strictly you red. You might put ice cubes in it, man. I don't know how you, I don't know how you get down, man. You know what I'm saying, man? To nah. each his own, do what you got to do. But I, you know, I don't know how you get down, man. Wow. You might throw yeah. the ice cubes and the white wine and the tumbler. I don't know, I don't know how you get down. didn't ask me if it was Pinot. Nah. He didn't ask me if it was a Malbec. Nope. He asked me if I was drinking red, bro. That shit yeah. was wild, disrespectful. That was crazy. I will say it's nice and tasty, though, man. It's, it's decent, very, right? Very, very decent wine that we're sipping on right now man. on a Tuesday, man. So it's lovely. Feeling Low good. key. How you I, been, though, man? You you good? Yeah, everything is good, bro, man. I've been I've been trying to get on my wine shit okay. a little bit. Whole Foods is across the street, so okay. I'll be going over there. I've been trying to do a little more reading instead of just going off the the look of the bottle yeah. and the label and shit. Um, I've been really feeling uh. The Malbec lately. Okay. So that's what I've been sipping on. All right. A little so, Ar- Argentinian uh, yeah, situation. You know, I tried to get into wine a couple of years ago, <laughs> Spanish. Yeah. I tried to get into wine a couple of years ago, man. But like you said, you got to do a lot of reading to kind of figure out what's good. Uh, you can't really go off price. Like something might be expensive and be trash, but something might be like cheap, like the Apothic Red and be super fire. Yeah, the blend. Uh, that shit is, is decent super for fire, the Lolo, right? Super too. low, like nine bucks in some yeah, places. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but I've been moving more towards like the scotches lately, man. So I'm I'm getting my real old man shit on. Okay, I pour feel myself you. pour myself a nice little single malt. It's March, man. I'm not drinking my my dark my dark days are dark on. days uh, are numbered, over. Numbered, bro. Numbered, numbered. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, let's you. jump into this NFL because it was the first day that the tag was you know prevalent around the league. Yep. And as we talked about previously, Kyle Fuller, big decision for Pace and the Bears were what they was what they were going to do with Kyle Fuller. Right. 
They end up hitting him with the transition tag. It was funny. We talked and like talked about different options last time about sign him to a long-year deal. Should we hit him with the franchise, the franchise tag? let him walk, and whatever it might be. I'm not even going to flex. I, I, I wasn't aware of the transition tag, to be completely honest. Like we talked about, it works just like a free agent tag in the NBA. Restricted free agent, right? Restricted free contract, agent. Yep. Exactly. So you can get hit with the transition tag, and it allows you – to, to hold on to that player and match any other offers that a team might come in for him. So if the Packers wanted to offer Kyle Fuller a certain amount of money, it gives us that window to match or let him walk. Right, really similar to the NBA structure. You know, in the NBA, you offer someone after their rookie contract a qualifying offer, which is a little bit more than what they made in the last year of their rookie contract. Um, so it's not quite like the, the, the NBA where they do an average in the NFL. But, uh, yeah, after that, you have the right to match any offer that he receives. So I, I actually don't mind that. You know, if he doesn't resign, if he doesn't resign, I think they get him at 12-5, where the franchise was like 14-9, right? Yeah, the transition is 13. It's 4.4 more than he made last year. Yeah. Um, which is a decent it's a raise. a decent raise, yeah. This is the perfect situation. I didn't know he made $10 million or $9 million last year. I guess first-round pick last well, year eight, of his deal. It's like eight, yeah, okay. eight, yeah, eight, nine, eight, eight and a half, change. nine. Yeah, so if they would have picked up his fifth-year option, this would give him a four. This, this, uh, the $13 million gives him a four, basically a four-and-a-half million dollar Four-and-a-half million dollar raise, So right? basically – for an extra four and a half million dollars, we get to see him another year at a high level, hopefully. Depending Unless on what someone happens. offers him a huge deal in free agency. Depending on what happens there, right. yeah, for sure. So in that window, are we also negotiating with him still like you would during the franchise thing or no? I think you have that option, okay. right? So I think just like the franchise tag and the transition tag, if you guys end up coming to an agreement, that transition tag will go to the wayside and then it's a it's a full-term, long-term deal. Gotcha. Um. So I didn't know this was an option. I'm not going to sit up here and try to flex like some of these cats. Right, we didn't even bring this on up. Twitter like that. Are they? You know, they know everything about everything. Yeah, oh yeah, always. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I didn't. I had never heard of the transition tag. And to be honest, it wasn't like the big time dudes were writing about it a ton. Like that was an option either. Yeah, like, I don't think it's something that happened. I've heard the phrase before, but I couldn't have told you what it meant. And if you look at, there was five tags handed out today, and only one of them was a transition tag. So obviously, it's not something that teams use too often. And I think teams are probably scared of someone offering one of their guys a huge contract and having to match that, and or losing a guy for nothing. So I kind of see where they're coming from. But again, the Bears have so much cap space, so much flexibility, and things like that. They can probably afford to make a move like this. And I know you didn't want to piss them off by applying the franchise tag. So this is kind of the best of both worlds. Pretty much go out there, see what you're worth. If you can find a good deal and, you know, we, we agree with that, you're back here. If not, either way, you get paid. I think this is absolutely the perfect situation yeah, for both sides. Right. The Bears give him a little extra money and get to see what he does because he's only – I mean, fair enough. He's only had one good year, which is last year. Right. Then this – on on for Kyle, this gets him a little extra bread. Right. And, and – Gives him that opportunity to bet on bet on himself and go get that that big time paper next year. So I think it's I think it works for both sides. It's a perfect situation. Um, it's a good situation for a player of Kyle Fuller's um, you know ability and level. Like you wouldn't want to do something like this to Kirk Cousins. 
You say, hey, Kirk, go out there and get an open deal on the open market. He's going to come back to wherever he was for right. $160 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But Fuller, um, you know, he again, he's going to go out there, test his value. And I think for the Bears, it allows the Bears to assess his value. You know, how is he That's valued? That's a good point. Right. How is he valued throughout the rest of the league? You know, what are everybody else paying for him? What is the market for a cornerback right now? You kind of get to see all that, and you can kind of fit him, you know, in that. And also it allows the Bears to look at other options. Right, so let's say while Kyle Fuller's out shopping for deals, you haven't paid him yet. You have that cap flexibility now, and if you find another corner on the open market that you can get a better deal for, and you don't like whatever Kyle Fuller comes back with, well, now you you know you've you've also crossed crossed that off. So it gives a ton of flexibility, a lot of flexibility to the club, a lot of flexibility to the club. This is the perfect situation. The Bears are basically saying, hey, if you can go out and go get a ton of money. That we don't think you're worth. Good luck to you, my G. Goodbye. Go get your money. Pack your stuff up. Do your thing, right? But if not, it's like we get another peek at you. We get to figure out how much money, you know, maybe. So you have another good year like you did this year. Right. You come out. Then we can start having those real conversations. Mm -hmm. And it also gives us that flexibility where. Hey, if he comes out and has say a little below average than he did last year, right? We have that kind of market sense of what other teams might offer, right? That type of thing. So it kind of gives us both sides don't get exploited. More times than not in free agent deal, someone's getting over on one hundred percent. It's never like on trades, both teams could get out already, right? On free agent deals and contracts, more times than not, everybody somebody's getting somebody's got. getting got. Yeah, you know 100%, what I mean. Yep. So that's the it's it's a, it's an awesome situation. I'm glad that that is an option. Yep. Shout out the league office for the transition tag. Yeah, you would think that that's what players would probably want more so than a franchise tag, right? I mean, it's it's way well, the less franchise has that extra dough has that extra dough on it. True, but yeah, but it doesn't give you the ability to go out and get paid. And you're ultimately anybody on a franchise tag is looking for a long term deal. So yeah, I'm surprised. I guess we see why teams wouldn't use it more often because it kind of puts the team at a disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if someone comes in with that bread, and I think it's one of those situations where there's got like if you put there's certain guys that you know someone's going to throw the bag like, at them. Le'Veon Bell will not la, be transition exactly. tagged like, anytime soon. That type of thing is what like. There's dudes that we know are going to get the bag thrown right. at them, and then so then the team's never going to do that because they're going to have to deal with that. Not going to put them out in the open. So they're market. just going to go ahead and slap the franchise. At least they know like what that final number is yep. going to be. So I think I think the moral of the story is is if you're a high level athlete, don't play football. That football <laughs> contracts and the whole way they get paid it's and crazy. all that. It's just it's so. I feel like it's such a disadvantage to the player overall because they never get truthfully what they're worth and it's hard to kind of figure out their contracts between guarantees non-guarantees roster bonuses workout bonuses all types of shit so or play quarterback or play quarterback one yes. of the two facts <laughs> this is a perfect uh transition in the Le'Veon Bell Ooh, good use of the word transition yeah that was uh you already know <laughs> no pun intended yeah that was um <laughs> that was uh yeah it's a good way to get into Le'Veon Bell because he's going to get tagged for the second year in a row, mm -hmm. or he's on the tag. The running back tag is $14.5 million. The third year, if we want to get ahead of ourselves real quick, just because I wanted to throw this number out there, it's $21 million. Yeah, it's like a crazy like 33% raise. For a running back. Raise right, right, it's crazy. Yeah. That's what Cousins was on uh, last year, yeah. $30 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Le'Veon Bell's 26 years old. Yep. We're creeping. 
Yep. We're creeping. Running back. 400 touches a year. Yep. He touches the ball every other play. More than anybody in the league. Leads the league in touches over the last four years. Is on the field every play. Yep. He blocks. Yep. He goes out to get. He, he's a receiver as well. Three down back. It's Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Yep. What do they do? If you're the Steelers? I mean, I know you you just stall out on him as much as possible. As much as possible. I'm going to get to my take on the Steelers and like what – actually, fuck it. We'll just get to it right now. Yeah. I think they're just trying to stall. They're going to they're gonna run him into the ground yeah. until he shows a little bit of a fall off. And it's like, this is well, we can't pay you that much, bro. You didn't yeah. – you, eh, you look kind of sus last year, bro. 100%. So they, take this $25 million less and we can start talking. Remember Chris Johnson? Of course. Remember he held two I think they franchised him two years in a row, whatever it was. He was holding off that long contract. They did the same exact thing, kept running him, kept running him, kept running him. Then finally paid him, and what happened? He fell off. Um, so I don't think they want to run into that same exact situation right there. Um, I think you're 100% right. I think that they have, again, they, they have the cards are on their table. You know, they have all the power in that situation. Uh, franchise him for another year. Run him into the ground, see what he looks like at the end of the year, and then you can make an assessment at that point. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what to I, do. I'm I'm so against paying running backs. Like I feel like, and and Le'Veon back is a spe- or Le'Veon Bell is a special back. Like right, he he's a, he's a top back in the league. He's extremely talented, but they just don't last. And you can always find you know eighty to eighty five percent of that production later on in the draft or through a free agent or through whatever. You know what I mean? I I feel like you can find running backs. And not to say that. Le'Veon doesn't have faith in himself, but he knows deep down he can't keep this up yeah. year in, year out. hundred percent. So he need he's trying to get that bread. Right. But what do you do if you're him? What would you do if you're him? Do you sit out no. until they pay what you just take the tag? They'll pay you thirteen million dollars this or fourteen million dollars this year. Of course you play. They know that. He knows that. He's not sitting out for the fifteen million. That's why the franchise tag number is so high. They make it so that a player cannot sit out. So what do you if you're Le'Veon, do you sign a contract for 11? No. So then you just keep betting on yourself? Yeah, pretty every much. Year? Yeah, I don't think you can sell yourself short, but I think yeah, I think he's he's in a really tough spot. He's, he's in a really tough spot because I don't think he can he can't signing a contract that's under his value isn't going to do him any good, right? But also playing on the franchise tag and have another year of 400 500 touches isn't going to do him any good. So it's a, it's it's a it's a sticky situation. They've made it clear they're not going to give him a deal, right? They had until today to no, work out a deal. No, they said they've been talking to him. They always say that. They're and not, well, not going to okay, come out had, and be like, hey, we're not talking to him. They had, no, no, because he talked about it too. Yeah. They had till today to give him a deal before the tag can come out. Right. Then now they have till July 16th. So they could still get a long-term deal done. And he's talked about they're trying to get a deal done, but they're not – he wants to get paid thirteen and a half, fourteen million dollars. He basically wants to get what the tag is for yeah. multiple years. Multiple years, the guarantees, all that. Yeah. So, I think too, man. Another thing that that's eating him up is that he sees Antonio Brown's paid now. Yeah. He sees Big Ben is paid. But this is just to play devil's advocate because I am team. Get as much money as humanly possible 100%. from every athlete, yep. whatever sport. I don't care what Maybe. it is. That's what I'm about. Yeah, show yeah. me the money. Show me the money. To play a little devil's advocate, though, why not pull it back a little bit, take the 11 and a half, 
and stay on the Steelers where you compete, ride out the next three years, four years with Big Ben, and just see what happens. Because, I mean, there's there's also that, that, that spot where say you sign the franchise this year and then you walk next year and sign with someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's whoever. And you're eight and eight and you're seven. And it's just like, man, you st- people, I feel like these guys sometimes take take for granted being on a good football team. And not to say that they're supposed to take a pay cut, but see the big picture and be like, man, I could stay on this, stay with this type of organization, compete on a yearly basis and make 11 and a half, especially when my fellow running backs are making seven, eight, yeah. nine. You know what I'm saying? I'm still making top dollar for a running back. Why not sign that, stay on the Steelers, keep competing, and keep playing in AFC championships? Because then the next week you see some running back who's not as good as you sign for $20 million more, and that's all you think about. I mean, I think when it's all said and done, if they don't win a Super Bowl, if the Steelers don't win a Super Bowl, he'll look back on his career and be like, man, yeah, I stayed in that great organization and we won a bunch of ball games. I don't have a ring and I'm worth $15 million less than I should be. I think the players are – I mean, you, you, you play the game to get paid, man. So for all that, all that other shit, all that other shit, man, like we can say winning is great. Being on a winning organization is great. You have a lot of players who do sacrifice and give money back. But if you're a player like Le'Veon Bell, who is one of the top ten players in the NFL offensively, right? You you you're at like peak earning power. So it's not the same as someone who's a you know even a tier below him as a running back giving money back. He has the opportunity to be one of the highest paid players in the league if he were to ever hit the open market, right? So for him, I think that eleven and a half, like, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, man, they could still just cut him. I mean, you know, that's all that, day. That's the issue. And I agree with you 100% 10 out of 10. I was just playing a little devil's yeah, advocate because yeah. I also do think that people don't always think about that. Like, do you want 400 touches at 14 and a half million yeah. in Indianapolis? Yeah. Or do you want 400 touches at 11 and a half million in Pittsburgh? On an, and competing for an AFC championship spot. You know what but, I'm saying? But if he's that confident in himself, maybe he believes that him going to whatever team he's going to go to is make him that much better. I mean, football, football is turnover every year, so a team can go from shit to really good in a matter of a year. We just saw Nick Foles make it to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, a lot of things can happen in the NFL. I don't think it's quite like the NBA where you might take a deal to go sign with the Dallas Mavericks and you're shit, you know, you're, you're getting paid, but you know the team is shit and you can't really help them. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of other factors in that that he would have to consider. But I see where you're coming from. Why not just stay with the Steelers as a steady organization? You know they're always going to bring in talent. You have a quarterback. You have a receiving core. You have a defense. You have a good head coach. You know, you got the structure and all that. But you don't got the money. And you just said it. They're paying Antonio. Pay me. They're playing Ben. Pay me. You're going to pay Juju in a couple years. Pay me. I need my money. I'm just as much as part of this thing as anybody else. I need if my money. not more. If not more. If not more. I Pay I hear you. I think this is something that the NFLPA needs to look at. The fact that he's in this type of position where he's basically handcuffed. He doesn't he yeah. he can't dictate anything. He can't do anything. He could not sign the 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 franchise tenure and then not play. You know what I mean? He's in they need to look at either being not being able to franchise someone 2 years in a row. I think that's something that they should look at. 
You, I don't think you should be able to just keep franchise tagging people all the time. Yeah, but like you said, if they try to franchise him again, well, now they got to pay him $20 million, so he will have made $51 million over the last three years. That's $17 million per year. Yeah. He's happy. This, I, I, I said, I don't think Kirk Cousins is mad about what happened in Washington. They tagged him for three state years, paid him like $70, $80 million, and now he's about to sign for Yeah, but those are the perfect situations, though, right? perfect situation, like, but Le'Veon Bell he, is up there. But if, if Le'Veon tears his ACL in week seven, then – the third-year franchise tag is out, and, out he, yeah. and he didn't get paid. Well, that's the risk you get Do you know paid. what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, but like the rest of the right. risk he's going to have to take because he's in win. limbo. He has yeah. no other choice, yeah. right? So I think the NFLPA should take a look at that. As, what as, can they do? As awesome as the transition tag is for the Bears right now and Kyle Fuller, yeah. this, is all, this is an absolutely awful spot for Le'Veon Bell. For Le'Veon Bell, Bell yeah. They're going to give him the ball 400 times. He's going to yeah. touch the ball 400 times. He's 26 years old. Uh-huh. Running backs are – Almost finished at 29. Yeah. If so, I mean, before. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, he doesn't take as much punishment. He doesn't run as hard as a lot of other backs. Shout out AP. Yeah. But he's still going to be 28 and touching the ball 400 times. And he goes to the playoffs every year. And he plays three more games than everybody else. I mean, well, maybe Pittsburgh also knows that, which is why they're in no hurry to offer him the well, fifteen million. Dude, a year and that's that he what wants. I said. And they know that eventually he's going to say, "Fuck it, I need to get paid." And, and absolutely, I'm not gonna leave money on the, table. the Steelers are just going to, like I said, they're going to run him into the ground yep. until he loses a step, and they're going to be like, "Up, oh, yep, I can't give you this. Can't man. give you this money. Can't give you this. No, bread. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I'm interested to see what happens with, with Le'Veon. That's going to be interesting to see. Let's talk about the Bears. And who they can pick up at the wide receiver spot. Okay. Because the draft is coming. Yes, sir. The draft is coming. And the more and more mocks I see, the more and more I see Calvin Ridley on it. Yeah. And I don't want to see that. Not at all. Give me an edge rusher. Yep. And I don't want to get off on a tangent that hard, but Saquon Barkley is an animal. Yeah. The numbers he put up are out of control. I have a take on that. We could talk about you want to talk about that really quick? Yeah, just real quick. Um, full disclosure. The numbers were out of control, right? Like what do you run? A four? Was a four three? Oh eight? my god, what are you about to say? Four yeah. four one. Four four one. Um, no, the numbers are out of control and all that. The only reason that shit didn't make me go crazy is I fully if you watch Saquon Barkley play football this year. I fully expected him to go into the yeah, combine that's, and put up numbers. That's a good point. So, you know, like you have certain guys who show up out of nowhere, like the dude with one with no hand that ran a four three eight, the yeah. linebacker. Like yeah. that's impressive because nobody expected that. Twenty reps on the bench press with one hand. He had a, a prosthetic. And he ran a four three eight. He's two hundred and fifty five pounds or something. It was like two thirty six. And his brother ran a four three eight. Something, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah. are they eating down there? Um so I would have been more surprised had Saquon Barkley been slow at the combine or not strong or not done well in the drills. But if you watch him on film, I mean, he plays fast. He looks like that. He looks fast. He's a ridiculous athlete. So I yeah. would have fully expected him in, a, in something that just measures your athletic ability, right, to shine. So that's why I was kind of like pump the brakes on everything. Oh, has he got to be the number one pick? Like, yeah, dude, and we knew he was a freak knew this in the dude room was a freak. Of, yeah, you knew he was a freak of nature. And the combine, if anything, showcases freaks of nature. For sure. So that was my only thing on it. So I'm not hating on Saquon at all. I don't like Penn State, full disclosure, obviously. But, um, <laughs> you know, I always got to get that out there. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't like, oh, my God, like because I fully expected him to kill it at the combine. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the more mocks I see, the more I see Calvin Ridley on it. 
the more I see us taking a wide, the more I think about us taking a wide receiver at six is our worst nightmare. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I need a, I want an edge rusher. I want something that we can lay some foreground with a corner. Um, a lot of position. I don't know. I don't know what positions the Bears are truthfully set at. So I mean, I think they can get. The Bears are in best player available mode for me. Yeah, and it's funny I say that because I also need a wide receiver to come in the in the play at all. 100%. I just don't want it to be at number six. Yeah. So don't don't get it twisted. We need a wide receiver or a couple, as a matter of fact. Right. So well, but, the thing is, receiver receiver all was showed out last year as like the most glaring need for the Bills or the Bears. So everybody's gonna obviously have us that in the mock draft. I'm just hoping that Pace and them are looking at the rest of the squad and seeing what's going on and seeing that we need a lot more than just that and not reaching for Calvin Ridley. No doubt. There's two guys I want to talk about that are on are available in the league. Okay. Jarvis Landry, Miami Dolphins. Got tagged, hasn't signed it, so he still has that that flexibility to go get a long term deal from the Dolphins or somewhere else. And then the second's Allen Robinson, Jaguars. Yeah. Let's talk about Jarvis Landry real quick. The wide receiver franchise tag is sixteen million. That's what he's currently on. That's what that's what Miami seems to want to pay him, I guess. They have him. They, he comes up in trade talk all the time, all day long. So, interesting there. But, never missed a game. Has played 16 all four years in the league. 2014 had, had 84 receptions as a rookie. And 2015 had 110. And 16 had 94. And last year had 112 receptions. 400 total receptions through his uh, first four years in the league. 22 touchdowns. I don't have the number of the stat in front of me, but there was not many wide receivers in their first four years in the league have had 400 receptions. Oh, yeah, very productive. Yeah, very productive. Um, how you feel about uh, Jarvis? I know you had a take. We talked about it earlier. I wouldn't mind him on the Bears. He's going to command a lot of bread. I wouldn't want to pay him too, too much bread. That being said... This is a damn good wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so everything you said, 100% true, man. Jarvis Landry, extremely productive. Averages 100 catch per 100 catches per years per year. 22 touchdowns. Um, catches everything. Great hands. Really good route runner. Really productive in Miami with playing with no quarterbacks. I think he had Tannehill and shout out Jay Cuddy last year. So really productive without having a ton of quarterbacks. Um, the only thing I have, man, I, I, I'm really nervous about paying a wide receiver $15, million, $17 million a year that cannot take the top off the defense. So last year, Jarvis Landry, 112 catches, 987 yards, 8.8 yards per reception. Uh, that is terrifying to me if he's going to be a true number one wide receiver. Um, I feel like in today's NFL, you want, you want receivers that are going to take the top off the defense. They're going to be able to get some run after the catch ability, be able to make some plays, jump up and go get it. And I don't necessarily see that from Landry. I just think he's your he's your prototypical, not prototypical, but your great hands receiver. He's going to catch everything, get open, things like that. But after he catches the ball, nothing really happens. See, I don't have a problem with it. This is why. I know you're going to say in this day and age in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. But Ocho Cinco could never take the top off the defense, really. Great wide receiver. Deep ball great, threat. Great. Nah, I don't know about that. Great hands. Unbelievable route runner in his day. Incredible route runner. One of the best. Yeah. 
Jarvis has that in him. That's probably a good comp. Yeah. But would, Ocho was way more – Ocho wasn't catching 100 balls with 1,000 yards. But let's shout out Ocho that he did – dude, this is – I was going to – I didn't know you were going to bring the quarterback thing up. That's what I was going to touch on. Yeah. We're talking about Jarvis Landry as a rookie comes in, gets 84 receptions. His quarterbacks have been Tannenhill, who they're tr- – I've never seen – the media and everybody else try to make someone into a, a, a good quarterback, a, a top yeah. five quarterback ever. It's because he looks the part. He's yeah, got a he big arm, part, big, big tall arm. quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get it, but I've never seen anyone for as much as they tear down Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen them try to make him such a good right. quarterback. Like when but, he went down, it was like, oh, the Miami Dolphins are in trouble. It was like it, it was yeah. like yeah. earth moving. Like yeah, we, like, like Ryan Tannehill, like really? Drew Brees, and went down. Yeah, so. Tannehill's whatever. He's got a ton to prove to be in that upper echelon of right. quarterback. Then we're talking Jay Cutler, who I got a warmer spot in my heart for just because that's the Cutty. best quarter. That's the best quarterback Chicago's ever seen. I don't give I don't really, I don't care what anybody says. About two years we'll be we'll be changing that. <laughs> and his other quarterback he got some she got some games in with is Matt Moore. Yeah. Now solid backup. For solid backup. Shout out Matt Moore. Yeah. Still getting a check. Still getting a check. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like he's been out there playing with any big-time gunslinging quarterbacks, and he's been consistent. He plays every – he plays – he's played all 16 and every four. I I don't – I think he could put up some big numbers in a good system, and he catches everything. He runs great routes. Do I want him for 15, 16 mil? No. But if if that number was – 12 we could talk about it so here's the opposite side of my argument i'll argue against myself um the bears should take him number one because we we don't have any receivers and if he's the best receiver on the market and he, he and does we can get a good skills, deal and we can get a good deal with them i mean get the dude plays hard he's competitive um he blocks apparently he's a really good blocker down the field does all those things so yeah i mean i think he could be very good for us. And we and the, the fact of the matter is we can't throw Mitch out there again this year with no targets and waste another year. You know what I mean? Last year, okay, it wasn't plan we weren't planning on him to play. So when he was thrown out there, everything was kind of in disarray, whatever. This year you'll have a full offseason knowing that he's gonna be your quarterback. You're doing him a major disservice if you do not give him any targets. So in that regard, yeah, maybe you should look at him, but I just don't want to break the bank for him. Understood. I don't feel that he's in that top echelon where you break the bank for him. But again, if we can get him $14, $15 million a year, look, we got $60 million in cap space. We got to use it on somebody, and he'd be a good target for Mitchell, and, and, that, and that's, I guess, the kind of receiver that you want. And the biggest thing is, yeah, he stays on the field. He stays on the field. Plays, the bro. Bears don't need to get any more players with injury history, especially at the wide receiver position, which is going to bring us to our next. Look at that. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> another segue. Another perfect transition. <laughs> let's talk Allen Robinson. Yeah, let's talk. Another, this is his fourth year in the league, just like Jarvis. They both came in in 2014. This guy is interesting. Has a foot injury in 2014, his rookie year, misses some games, six games as a rookie. It's never good for a wide receiver to have a foot injury. The next year coming off of that foot injury, he has 80 receptions for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. With Blake Bortles. With Blake Bortles. Now, I don't have the numbers in front of me of the I wish I knew how many receivers had 14 plus touchdowns in the last 5 years, 6 Not years. Not too many. Not very many at yeah. all, right? So, 
We talk about him coming off of a broken foot and that his second year in the league has 80 receptions, 1,400 yards. That's 17 and a half a catch. Yeah, it's crazy. 14 touchdowns. That is an enormous that's, that's, year. That's a huge year. Then 2016, he has a big dip. 73 catches, 883 yards, and six touchdowns. Blake Bortles. On the same amount of targets that he had in 2015. Yeah, just cra- crazy. The exact He had 151 targets in 15 and 151 targets in 16. So like you said, he was taking the top off in 2015. 1,400 yards on 80 catches? That's like Randy Moss-ish type shit. Yeah, that's shit. crazy numbers. 17 Th- that's and a half like yards 80, reception. 80 receptions, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns sounds like Randy Moss. Like if you you know how you do like a mystery? Like who is this? Yeah. And if yeah. you put up eight, 80 <laughs> catches, 1,400 yards, and 14 touchdowns, I'd be like, ah, oh, that's Randy Moss. It'd probably take you a while to get to Allen Robinson. Yeah, definitely. So going into last year, Allegedly was having a huge training camp, looked amazing, was in tip-top shape, looked good, tears his ACL in game one of the year last year. Jags decide not to franchise tag him, not offer the franchise tag, so that kind of leaves him in limbo. If we can get Allen Robinson for the semi-low, send him this way, bro. I'll take it. I've seen many a guy come back from the ACL. I know it's bad. I know it doesn't sound good. If we could get a good deal on him, bruh, give me Allen Robinson. Uh, Young guy that has proven that he could go out there and do it coming off of an injury? Yeah. Man, sign me up. Uh, And he's big? Yeah. No, nah, man, he, yeah, he's 6'3", 220. 6'3", Obviously, he can take the top off the defense. Ooh. Has a nose for the end zone. If you can catch 14 <laughs> touchdown passes from Blake Bortles, you're doing something right. Um, I just, I'm just done with players with an injury history, man. It never goes right for the Bears. It just never, whether we draft guys that have a history of injury, which Phil Emery loved to do, um, you know, whether we look at Kevin White, another receiver. If he Here's the thing, if he gets hurt, it's just another wide receiver that's hurt. And we're sitting here talking about how much Landry plays, the fact that he's never missed a game in four years and that he is productive. And then we look at Allen Robinson and we see one huge year, right? Another year that's okay, and then two years with injuries. So to me, that deal has to be a very low-risk, high-reward type deal, right? Maybe some money up front in the first year, and then you can get cut ties with them easily so you're not sitting on them for two or three years, but... Um, I, I just I'm very wary of paying guys with injury history in the NFL. Yeah, it's it's not the sport where you want to have an injury history. It's not the sport where you want a guy who may be fragile. And a foot injury and an ACL. I mean, th- those are the lower extremities, man. That really concerns me for my wide receiver. Where is he in his recovery? Do we know? I mean, it was the first game of last year, so he's got to be he's got to be down the road and 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 ready to come back. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Mike Evans. In Tampa makes thirteen point three. DeAndre Hopkins only makes twelve and a half. Yeah, they got that, him on a good ass deal. That boy is a monster. He's a monster. He signed a couple years ago. Yeah. Like they knew he was gonna be they that. They kind of jumped good. on that. That right. was a good move. Yep. AJ Green makes ten point six. And A B is the only one making up there seventeen million. But he just restructured yeah. his deal last year, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So So those numbers go up. You look at these guys who signed two, three years ago, that was the going rate probably. I mean, 
AJ Green's a perfect example. AJ Green's a top flight wide receiver, right? So eleven million when he signed was probably top market do- dollar for wide. But receivers. give me, but give me Ellen Robinson, a, a three years, twenty six million dollars, nine million per year. Yeah. So with three years, twenty six guaranteed is what you're saying, right? Or yeah, which yeah, is that, like three you know years, forty five million. Yeah, give me like yeah, give me like three years. 20 million guaranteed, like something, yeah, put put yeah, it front-loaded, and yeah, front you know loaded. what I'm saying? And that way you can get away from like it that. if it doesn't go well. That I don't have a problem with, but if he's trying to get a long-term, huge money, you know, money over years type deal, I'm not comfortable with that because I don't want to be stuck with him on our roster. I hear you. I would rather just, I feel like with this Bears rebuild, man, I, I want the safer, the safer bets right now, the guys who are healthy, the guys who we know are going to play. We got options, Ryan Pace. Make it happen. Make it happen. All right, man, so throwing it out to the Bulls right now. Uh, the Bulls are in full tank of Palooza, obviously, after the All-Star break. Um, you know, no heard- doubt. Shout out Vonley. <laughs> Shout out. Right. <laughs> no, Vonley. Um, yeah, so the Bulls, obviously, they made the decision after the break that they were going to rest Robin Lopez and, uh, and Justin Holiday. Lopez has missed five straight games. Holiday's only played in one out of the last five, so clearly the Bulls are tanking. They're getting Felicio some minutes. They're getting David Nwaba some minutes. They want to see what they got with the young guys. Nwaba's been starting, boy. Nwaba's nice. Hustle nice. guy. Yeah, yeah, real hustle guy. Like he, he plays like he wants to be there. And I was listening to some stuff about his story. I think he's one of those guys who took the real long road to the NBA. Like he paid, he paid for a tryout to make it to a G League team, got on, and then just kind of grind his way up. So I really like guys like that. But, yeah, uh, back to what I was saying. Lopez sitting out, Holiday sitting out. Obviously, those are guys that can help you win ball games, which is what the Bulls don't want to do right now. And uh, the league started catching feelings. Adam Silver hit to him be with honest, the memo. They're, they're late on that shit. <laughs> yeah, Low real key. late on that shit. Yeah, low key because yeah. since the break, Robin Lopez has been on the on the bench, on laughing, the bench, joking, chilling. Getting chilling. His check. Yeah, like I wonder what do you think they told him. He's a veteran, man. He, he probably gets it? Under, he understood. Did they like, bring him in? Like, yeah, yo, they probably brought him in. Like, yo, Robin, this is the situation we we're gave gonna you. try to get. Yeah. We're gonna try to move you. Exactly for fifty games, you got to play. You know, it was, it was great. You know, we love what you were trying to do. We're gonna try to move you in the off season. We're gonna keep you fresh, keep you healthy. We don't want to risk getting you hurt, but we can try to move you, put you somewhere that you want to be with a contender. But right now, we can't play you. Yeah, holidays on a two year deal, right? Didn't they resign him this summer for like a two-year, fourteen million dollar deal? So yeah, they have him under me. contract for seven million next year. I'm pretty sure they can move him the offseason. Seven million dollars for Justin Holiday. Somebody will take him. I hate Justin Holiday, but he had, he can shoot the three. You know, do some things that teams like. So I think you just hate him on our team because he was getting so many touches. Yeah, and looks he shouldn't. He shouldn't. That, yeah. I, I just hate watching bad, not not great basketball players take over like that. <laughs> uh, but either way, so yeah, the league. Adam Silver caught Phyllis, sent the Bulls a memo. Saying we're not we're not having this right now. You need to play these guys. And the Bulls responded that you know they had talked to the league. The league said that those first few games kind of fell within the player rest guidelines. But going forward, you know they they have to play these guys. You can't just actively sit guys. To which Pax said, "Hey, look, you know in our league we can't play twelve or thirteen guys in a game. We can only go nine or ten deep." Right. Which I thought was funny. Uh, was a funny rebuttal. But yeah, so I yeah, mean man, it's true. Uh, Get shit, dress them. Dress them, yeah. And then sit them on the <laughs> So here's my thing. Like, could Horberg just go out there and be like, hey, Rolo, pay five minutes and then bring him out and that's it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, of course You're you playing him and that's, it's his lineup, you know? He could literally dress him yeah. and sit him down. And sit him down, yeah. So I guess the whole re- – yeah, the thing that the league didn't like was just straight up putting these guys in suits. In street clothes. And sticking them at the end of the bench. <laughs> right. Um, but it's funny, man. The next quote that I saw from Silver was like, yeah, you know, we won't – 
we won't take any blatant tanking effort, tanking efforts in our league or teams trying to lose purposely. We haven't seen that yet, and we hope not to see it. Like, bro, where, where, where? <laughs> what, what, hey, what are you watching? He knows what's he popping. knows what's popping. 100%. He just has to say something. That's what he literally has to say. Yeah, he has to say exactly what he just said, and he needs to repeat that every time he's asked. Yep, and that's all he could say. We're not he, tanking, and. And he'll basically say, we're not going for that. And and in the same breath, he'll say, we're exploring options to get teams not to tank. He'll, in the same breath that he's saying that we don't, well, you know what I'm saying, we don't put up with that, he's trying to figure out a way to, to get around it. If he really wants to stop tanking, he would reform the lottery system even further. So, I mean, I think as long as you reward teams for being bad, you're not going to stop tanking. Because, honestly, if you're at game 45 and you're not in the playoffs, what, what reason do you have to try to keep winning games? You know what low-key would really stop getting folks to lose games, maybe? This is an option. First off, before I get into my idea, that whole p- p- the tournament to get the eighth seed or yeah, the, the, Bill Simmons, shit, the Bill Simmons tournament? Yo, get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> so you're not that, a tournament? No, I'm not he going. He calls it the no. entertaining as hell tournament. No, that's not entertaining. I want nothing. I don't want to see so that. So you wouldn't even watch it. You, you but I mean, I guess that, look, Oklahoma City's down there in the West. They're, what, yeah. seven? The Nuggets are eight. I'd like yeah. to watch Jokic, but I'm not. No, that's yeah. not. Like in the East? I don't want nothing to do with that. You don't, you don't want to watch... Uh... You don't watch the Bulls take on the Nets for uh, for the chance at a playoff opportunity. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. So, what about what about rocking with some of like the the share revenue? Like how so? Like how they how the how the dollars are spread out across the league? The league. What do you mean? Like as far as to stop tanking? No, no, no. It's like so. You know how the 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 NBA spreads out the cash yeah, to yeah. each team. Of course. What about if that's Delegated by, I don't know, wins or where you where you finish in the conference piece. Oh, uh, now you're getting into a real. You're getting into a real. Because real, at real the end of the day, slope. but where does the, where does the tanking come from though? Wanting to up group, top, up top, yeah, for sure. Because the they owner wanna, has to sign off on because it. they want to get more. They want to get a better team so right. they could start making the playoffs, make more make money, more money, sell some jerseys, exactly, yeah, be competitive, yeah, sure. Now, I'm not saying let the Atlanta Hawks go under, but if you could somehow restructure that a little bit and get a, get a, get a team in a, re- a reward for a certain amount of wins, it's, it's, a, it's a different piece. That's how, it's done that's, in the, that's, that's how it's done in the Premier League. That's interesting. If you finish at the top of the league, you get a certain amount of revenue share yeah. from the Premier League. You, the, people, the, the, the team finishing fourth – Gets more money than the team finishing. So incentivized thirteenth, fourteenth beyond playoff checks and extra money generated from the playoffs and all that. You're saying that you should incentivize the, the teams to play well and give them some kind of financial. Yeah, I mean that would it wouldn't help break. the players, but yeah. it would help the the, the overall organiz or not help, but it would be it would impact the overall organization to have them make a move. Listen, so, if you okay, can, if you're a team, if you, and you're like, hey, look, listen. I don't have a move to make. So you're you're really you're you're. I guess you're not penalizing the teams that aren't doing well, but you're incentivizing the teams that are doing well. But those teams are already incentivized because they bring in playoff money. You're incentivized to win more games to get more money for the franchise, right? So you want to win as many games as possible because Arch- you get slotted and you make more money. So how much money would it really be to where it be worth it to an owner? 
Yeah, that's a good question, too. You know what I mean? If it's like $5 million, it's like, okay, well, drafting a superstar is worth more than $5 million to me. You have to make this worth my worth my while. But again, they're not getting penalized, so I guess I kind of see Like, where you know what I'm saying? From. Like, honestly, if, you, if, if you're an owner, and which most of these owners are, about make it's a business to them and 100%. not a, like a passion project. 100%, yeah. What, why would, if you're a team like the Hawks and you know you're going to get a certain amount of money from the league from the ad share revenue. Yeah. Like, and you really don't care and you get enough people in the building to, you know, pay the bills and you yeah. do enough, you know a certain amount of money is going to come in. Then what's the, if you don't really care about basketball and don't really care that much, who cares? Like, yeah. why do I need to put a, a good team on the on well, the floor? That's why Sam Hinkie got fired, though. Right. Because the whole league started catching films on that. Like, you guys are right above the salary uh, floor, right? And right. you're taking all this revenue. Right. Taking all this revenue. We don't like that. You're not participating in free agents. So the, the agents were pissed off about that. So um, I think if you have that mentality, that eventually catches up to you. So I see what you're saying. Like you want to find a way. It's just a thought, man. Yeah, just, a, just yeah. I'm just trying to think of different options that they could do to to avoid the tanking. To be honest, I don't really care about tanking because I'm all about playing within the rules to try to make your team better. Yeah. And right now, you can put out a bunch of bums. Get a because it takes one player in the league, bro. You go pick a dude that a can stud. make a huge impact. Change your franchise. Your next thing you know, you're the 76ers and you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Hundred so like, percent. Within the rules, I'm all about it, but. And another th- other reason it doesn't really bother me that much is because I'm not watching those motherfuckers anyway. Right. I'm watching Houston right. when they're on TV. Look, they don't even put them on TV anyway. Right. Like no one's wa- like the Bulls play the Grizzlies coming up. Yeah. No one's watching no one's that watching game. That, yeah. I don't care if you have NBA ticket. Yeah. I don't care if you don't work for the Bulls or you're diehard Bulls fans like us. Which, to be honest, I'll probably tune in for a little bit. It's good to watch a little because, bit. Yeah. I'm not watching four quarters. Right. Just because. But no one's watching that shit anyway. Right. So, like, people are complaining about teams tanking. You're not watching that yeah. shit regardless. Rockets are playing the Thunder tonight. I got that on. Yeah, everybody's watching everybody's that. Everybody's watching that ball game. Yeah. When the Bulls play the Grizzlies, nobody's watching regardless. So, you're saying that Silver shouldn't care? No, he has to care. He has to because care. he has to he care. He can't have teams in his league blatantly losing, and you can't have, yeah, you can't have some teams trying and some teams not trying. So. But as a fan... I don't I don't see the big up in arms thing about tanking because it's within the rules. The team is trying to get better. The franchise is tanking to get better. And they're not on TV anyway. You don't have to watch them. I don't think the issue comes from the fans though. I think fans especially now with how No, you hear people around, talking about quality of basketball yeah, and all this bullshit. But a lot of the fans are like, "Look, man, we understand." But fans were also complaining last year when they weren't tanking. When it's like, "Hey, why are we putting together a 45-win team that can't do anything?" Right? So we complained about that. We're saying, well, what was the point of signing Dwayne Wade? Oh, I yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, fans can't have it both ways. I think fans have warmed up to the idea of tanking, and I think that's probably the biggest threat to what Silver's trying to do right now because the fans aren't anti-tanking. You think the people in Dallas are mad about that's tanking? That's a good point. They're not mad about tanking. You think the people in Philly were mad about tanking? No, they got two studs right now, right? Out of tanking, you were able to get Simmons and Embiid. Those are studs, right? Um, unfortunately, you also got Markel Fultz, but wait, what are you going to do? Trust the process. <laughs> trust is, the process. Trust yeah. the process is code for tanking. A hundred percent. That's all it is. Yeah, hundred percent. No doubt. Um. So yeah, I think I think the fact that fans are on board with tanking, fans are willing to waste the season of their favorite team, um, just in hopes of getting better. 
that that's an issue for Silver because it's not like the fans are the ones that are bitching about it. It's other owners. It's ESPN. You know, it's the people who are covering it. Like, that's the tough job. Like, Stacey King has a tough job every night. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a yeah. tough job. No um, doubt. I always thought it's interesting for the coaches, too, because, like, Rick Carlisle, right? He's a great NBA coach, right? Like, considered one of the better NBA coaches, right? Is Cuban coming to him and saying, hey, in the fourth quarter, you need to throw games? You know, the thing about for the coaches is I just think that they end up getting armed with they don't they can't do anything like yeah. they get armed with these trash players and these trash rosters so trying and to make it happen and they're tanking yeah they're tanking by default because yeah. they don't have any players right so that's the tough part there but yeah i mean it's interesting like hey like when i'm sure at some point garpax came down to hoiberg and we're like yo we, we're, gonna, we're gonna sit lopez and yeah. hoiberg was like all right okay like, fine i mean I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. Yeah, yeah. right. So, like, I think so, I don't think the coaches are out there trying to tank. I think they just they don't have any fucking players. So, when you tell Hoiberg that, are you like, yo, we're going to sit Lopez and Holiday, which is ultimately going to fuck up your winning record as a coach, as a head coach in the NBA, but you'll be back next year, so it's all good? Oh, that's a good, uh, that's a good you know, question, too. If you're too. Hoiberg, if it's like, yo, you guys better not fire me after this year. Just like Brett Brown in Philly. I mean, that dude won like 13 games for like four straight years. But I think the agreement was, we're not going to fire you. We're, we're going to put you through like the worst four years of your life. If you look at that dude, he looks stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> he looks real stressed out during the process. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I guess if you're Hoiberg and they tell you that they're going to bring you back, that's cool. But if it's like, well, hey, if I'm going to get fired for performance and you're giving me shit, um, that, that's not cool. Yeah. So... That's a good point. There's a whole, there's so many elements to that whole tanking thing, but you know, obviously, um, you think Hoiberg drinks white right wine? Hoiberg definitely drinks Hoiberg white wine. Hoiberg probably drinks white wine. <laughs> he definitely probably drinks a white wine. Hoiberg drinks white wine for sure. For sure. They probably poured up some white wine if he even drinks and had a conversation yeah. about this is what you're going to do with Rolo. Have some of this Pinot Grigio, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, let's talk. The Oscars was this past Sunday. Boo. Let's talk Kobe. He wins an Oscar for Deer Basketball. Shout out Jordan Peele. Shout out Jordan Peele. Big ups. Big ups. Big ups to Jordan Peele. But Kobe wins an Oscar for Deer Basketball. He wrote, I don't know if we know what it's, what do you want to call it? A, a poem, a, letter, story, a story, a letter. About basketball. And, uh, and it was. It was um, not there. It was is an animated short type of thing. Is it exactly? I didn't see it. Is it exactly what you expected to be? Pretty much. Yeah, it's like him as a little kid, like walking around yeah. like the streets of Europe, watching yeah. his dad play right. ball. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if I And then it's like it. him. How long does this go on for? I think it's like two, two or three minutes. Oh, is that short? It's pretty short. Oh, I can watch it then. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It was it's like pretty 20 short. Minutes. I don't know if I got twenty minutes for that. Yeah, no, it's not twenty minutes. Right. Um. He won an Oscar for a three-minute video? I don't know if it's three minutes either, but it's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it when it first came out, and I haven't watched it since. And, le- and let me, <laughs> let's get this shit straight. It was really good. It was insightful. It was very Kobe. Gives you an, an insight to how he thinks, how he goes about you know his work process and kind of his mindset throughout his career. Now, I was on Instagram – Checking my stories, my homies, seeing what they're up to. Shout out Nick DePaula. I hop on his story, and I believe it was a Ball is Life article, or he got some article that posted 
a poem or a, a letter that Michael Jordan wrote, and the and Michael Jordan starts the letter with "Dear Basketball." Now, I'm a Kobe guy. I like Kobe, but like honestly, bro, he bit Michael Jordan everything Michael Jordan's ever done from top to bottom, head to toe, everything. He didn't leave the boy anything. Jordan wrote a letter, starts it with Dear Basketball. He writes a letter, starts it with Dear Basketball, names it Dear Basketball. I mean, like, does he, I don't think, not not that he should deserves flack, but, I mean, he ripped the, the man's whole career, bro. And, pe- and some people out in L.A. are talking about Kobe's better than Mike and all this bullshit. Like, are you saying he ripped his career because he uses his moves and things like that? Dog, he took his whole game. Well, wouldn't he you? Took, he t- yeah, I listen. If you're I, a 6'6 shooting guard, I mean, wouldn't you do? Would you model your game after <laughs> at that time? I mean, like, no, I, I get it. Look at Vince, but man, he didn't leave the boy anything, bro. The tongue, so, the tongue action. I mean, everything. This bro. is a hot Kobe take coming I in mean, right now. The, this everything, bro. The deer basketball. I mean, it's like, yo. So I, here's the thing. The only thing I, I see where you're coming from, 100, percent as far as like taking Mike's stuff. He has he copied his game, everything, right? He he he's been pretty open about that though. Like he modeled his game after Michael Jordan, obviously, right? I'm a huge Jordan fan. I have never seen this. Me neither. So what are the chances that Kobe saw this before this happened? 100. I'll or, tell you. Or did it go like this? Hey, Kobe. I'm director whoever. I'm shooting a three-minute video. It's called Dear Basketball. Write some shit down. We'll make it look great, and you'll probably win a fucking Oscar or something like that for it. Like, I don't think Kobe was sitting in the crib. People are bringing him shit. He's a writer, though. Yeah. That's what he talked about wanting to do after he got done playing ball. What is he going to do? But what else is he going to call it? He, I mean, like, I don't think Michael Jordan has a, has a, 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 a trademark on Dear Basketball. Hey, it's not the it, first person that's wrote dear something that you put did. It, like, put yeah, it I like mean, this, my G. You asked me what are the chances that Kobe saw this before he put his shit out? 100%. Ten, 10 out of 10, he saw dear you basketball. Kobe saw this that, you, you, you're saying there's no chance Kobe didn't see this? No. I've never seen this before. And this is like the most unmike shit I've ever seen in my life, too. Like I can't even picture Mike writing some shit like this. But Mike uh, might have been in the situation that you were in. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah just yeah, whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah, right, you can write it. Is it a check? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that. That might have been what happened. But I don't know, man. For for being that man, like Kobe is, because Kobe is that guy for sure. For him to see that, because I, I I would I would say that he did see that. To him, come out and then call his stuff the exact same thing or lead it out like that. It's kind of lame. I hear you. Um, like, come up with your own shit. You already took the man's all his moves, everything. You took his fade away. You took his drop step. Hey, you took Sean his post game. Killing Kobe you took his right D. Now. Took you his took thing. everything about his game. And like you said, yeah, you emulate the best player of all time, especially if you're the same height and play the same position. But damn, let let him leave his poems alone, leave his letters alone, write some up, write, come up with your own shit on that level. So he should he should have called us some other shit, huh? Yeah, man. Dear ninety four feet, dear ninety four feet, <laughs> dear Spalding, dear ninety four feet, dear Spalding, dear hardwood, hardwood, pickup, whatever, anything, Oops. bro. Man, shout out Cobe though. 
We're going to close the show with some trending topics. Quick's about to go through what's popping on the trending side. Let me grab my glass of wine. Let's sit back. I got a couple. I got a, I got four things for you today that I was able to find on the internet, man. So the first thing I found uh, on Twitter trending right now, looks like the LA Clippers got a new jersey sponsor. I saw this, bro. They're rocking with Bumble. Bumble. <laughs> so Bumble, for those that don't know. Is, uh, is it a dating app? Is it like Tinder? Bumble is, it, is Tinder, but the girl has to say what up first. Ah. It's actually not a bad play if you're a single fellow. I don't know anything about dating apps. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't co-sign those either <laughs> right now. Um, okay, so the Clippers got Bumble as a uh, as a new sponsor. If you remember a couple years ago, the Atlanta Hawks did a Tinder night. Yeah. Where like I guess they they had like, you know, they'd show people on the screen, it was like swipe right, they invite all these Tinder users there. And a few people actually got dates from it. So I think that's kind of interesting, man. I think... Uh, Any details on the money? No, no on details. I know that those jersey deals aren't for... Remember we talked about this. I think Yo, the jersey yeah, deals dude. aren't necessarily for a huge amount of money. I think it was something like ten or 15000 per game. No, it can't be that low. It wasn't a lot of money, bro. It can't it was only be like, that maybe low. it was more than that. It was like a couple million. It was like two, three, four million dollars a year. It was something crazy. It wasn't a lot of money. I mean, maybe I'm way off, but... Yeah. Um, I don't think it was anything like nuts, but either way, I think that's pretty cool for them, man. Obviously, Balmer's a he's a tech guy, he's a forward thinking guy, so you want to bring in something like that, and you can do crazy promotions with that, definitely, especially out in L.A. Big time, yeah, it's whatever, bro. Yeah, the Clippers not on shit. That on whole shit. Yeah. that whole Lob City shit is done. Bumble with, but yeah, I saw a picture of DeAndre Jordan laughing, smiling, with the Bumble, with the Bumble yeah. joint on his patch on his sleeve. Yeah, man, shout out the clips. Shout out all my Bumble users, man. I hope y'all smashing smashing these thotties. Yeah, do what you got to do. Having fun. Do what you got to do on the Bumble. <laughs> on the Bumble uh, Strap up, stay on the safe. Bumble tip, 100%. Stay safe, out, stay safe out here in these streets. Hey, uh, summer coming. In these streets. Stay in the gym. All right, so the next thing I got, man, we were talking a little bit about this. Um, apparently, there's going to be a flag football league starting. Yeah. Uh, not too many details on that out yet. It's... It, these things always sound real cool, kind of like the big three sounded real cool in the beginning, and then yeah. you watch and you're just like, there's a reason these dudes don't play professional sports yeah. anymore. They're, they're just kind of old. But so far, we got Nate Robinson signed up. Big-time football player big at Washington. Big-time football player. Big-time Play, athlete in general. Played when he was a freshman. Yep. And actually, when that whole NCAA stuff broke, he talked about how uh, a, a Washington booster was trying to get him, was trying to pay him $100,000 annually to play football instead of basketball when he was at Washington. So, big-time wow. athlete. Shout-out Nate Robb. He was on Players Only tonight, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Nate Robb going to be doing it. Uh, Ocho Cinco. Just talking about Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco with two mentions a day on the podcast. So, shout-out Ocho Cinco. Chad Johnson. Yeah. Legend. So he, he, he might be able to do some things. Um, next player, the artist formerly known as Mike Vick. Man, legend. Remember we buried Mike Vick earlier this year? No, he's, yeah. he's a former legend, bro. Nah, he, he, I'm always going to have Mike, Mike Vick needs to stop telling people what to do with their hair and join the cause. <laughs> Wakanda forever. You know what? Mike Vick did did mess that, mess that up he pretty did. badly. It wasn't, it wasn't a good look for Mike Vick. But I'm team Mike Vick. After yeah. what they did to him, man, I'll never leave Mike Vick's side. He served his time. Big um, time. And also, this one really threw me out for a loop, and I don't know where they found him, and I can only assume it's because he's Nate Robinson's boy, Carlos Boozer. I ain't got no comment on Carlos I didn't want to watch Booze do what he was paid $15 million a year to do, so I damn sure don't want to watch <laughs> Booze play that's flag actually, football. That's a great point. Yeah. 
I didn't want to see him play <laughs> basketball. Yeah. And that's what he did. I definitely don't want to see him play football. And who would think that he could play football? He's a 6'9", unathletic guy who doesn't how is, jump. How is Terrell Owens not on this list? I don't know. That's that, my well, boy. This is the only list that I saw, so we don't know who else is going to be out there. T.O. stays in shape, too. How is Randy not on this list? Randy making too much money on TV? He probably is making too much money on TV. He's chilling. Yeah, so... Uh, Honestly, I, shout out Randy. I'm surprised that he's been in that spot that long. First off, bro, after 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 the slander you laid on his name two weeks ago, you cannot shout out Randy Moss. When we were talking about Vince Carter, you laid slander all over Randy Moss. What what did I say? You I don't said even, uh, you, we can't, you can't respect Randy Moss if you respect Vince oh! Carter. Oh! If you don't respect Vince Carter. Super facts. You threw slander I on his name. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, nah, you tried to clown... <laughs> You tried to clown Vince and then for 14 pra- points a game. And then praised Randy Moss when Randy did what Vince did times three seasons. Straight so cash, I don't want to hear it. Maybe next time with Shout out guy. Randy. That's one of my guys. <laughs> um Yeah. I've had a couple heated conversations about Randy. Randy's in an interesting day. dude when you when you look at his entire career for sure, but uh at his at his best was unreal. Uh, so life, yeah. Is it gonna be on TV? I think so. Yeah, ESPN is gonna broadcast the game, is what I saw. Interesting. So it will be on TV. We'll see how long it lasts. And again, man, there's a few people who you could probably get that aren't playing in their sports right now that would be pretty interesting, man. I mean, why not just go for it? Call Michael Phelps. He won't play flag football, see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, just bring in all bring the cats. Make it as a celebrity. Make it a celebrity league. thing. Yeah, and kind of build some hype around it and have it be fun. I just don't think you want to bring in just ex football players and ex basketball players. You know, mix it up. Hey, what's Tiger doing? Tiger, you want to play flag football? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See who's around. <laughs> um,. So I think that could be pretty cool. So that's going to be coming up. I think they said that's going to be in the fall. Um, the next thing I got, this actually came out, I want to say this was yesterday. Our boy, the king of Mexico, Saul Canelo Alvarez, <laughs> tested positive for a banned substance yesterday. Yeah. Um, And they asked him about it, and he blamed it on the contaminated cows in Mexico which have triggered a lot of other tests. Now, what, what what do you think about the cows in Mexico? Canelo testing positive right ahead of the May 5th, your birthday uh, bout with Triple G. Canelo Alvarez, Triple G 2, May 5th. Happening. That's going to be a classic. Great, great. May, May 5th always, uh, I know it's your birthday again, but May yeah, 5th bro. always cracks always, on the fight. Always tip. produces. If May the- 5th is on a Saturday, it's it's game over. Bro, the Mexicans love the love fights, bro. So it's, it's, perf- it's a yeah. perfect May fifth lands on a Saturday. Yep. Someone's gonna be fighting. There's, it's, it's there's too much money at too stake. Too much money at stake. Um, so of course I get the notification about Canelo testing positive for a banned substance. Now, I've been trying to get off of this. I read the headline and I'm it's it's a wrap. So I I, I got to make sure I read the article right, and I got to make guts. sure I read what happened. Right. So I click on the article and I go through it and. Long story short, it seems like a lot of athletes in Mexico have been, I guess, testing positive for this banned substance substance, and have been blaming it on the meat. I guess a lot of them have been eating this contaminated meat. Yeah. Um, it was a voluntary drug test. It wasn't like they pulled up on him. He was doing his regular drug test. He went in. like It wasn't like they pulled up on him. He wasn't expecting it, and he failed it. Right. He went into the office, tested, and ended up coming back. He said he's going to move his camp from uh, Mexico to the United States ASAP. Yep. Yep. Immediately, he's not. He's not going to, you know, risk that. He's not fucking around. Um, 
So yeah, I think it's a lot. It's a lot about nothing. I think if it was like a banned substance that was like uh you know an HGH type thing or something like that, it'd be a little eyebrow raising. Right. But the fact that it seems like it's this food contamination. He's not the first athlete to have it. He literally moved his camp immediately to the United States. It was a voluntary test. He's never failed a test before this. Yep. And he said he'll you can and test he said him every he'll, day he'll, you can test to. him every day going after. I think it's too much at stake. I I think this was one of those honest accident type of situations. Right. And uh yeah, I think I, I don't know who it was that came out today, but someone involved in boxing was like, Yeah, we don't anticipate this interrupting the fight, which we all knew. Too much cash. Nothing's stopping the fight. The fight the fight's gonna happen. That's always gonna happen. It doesn't matter, you know. Is moving the camp to Las Vegas, which is obviously a good idea. Um yeah, I, I, I agree with you, man. When I first saw the headline, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought was like, oh, no. Oh, shit, not Canelo, not right. my boy, not right. Saul. Um, but then, yeah, you read about it, and it just sounds like, and he and he was just like, look, you can test me as much as you want to. This is a problem over there. I'm going to take my camp to Vegas, whatever. Yeah, for me, it, it, it's a it's a, it's a a done deal. Um, but just to that fight, man, I, I, I've, I'm so excited. Uh, that shit's coming up quick, Canelo too. Canelo Triple G, uh, two months away, man. That's going to be huge. Obviously, we're going to be watching that somewhere. But, yeah, again, much ado about nothing on that one. But I did see that. I thought it was just funny that blamed it on the cows um, when I read yeah, that. Yeah, the when food contamination. Online, it was real funny. The, but then, so I read that article. Then I looked at some other articles. And then that there was a couple people that There's had been that. Had, people? Yeah, that had so, been. Yeah. So if Canelo was Russian, we obviously wouldn't believe this. But, uh <laughs> You know, facts. We're gonna believe our friends south of the border. So shout out Sal Canelo Alvarez. Obviously, I'm pulling for Canelo. You're a Triple G guy, right? You know what? I have money on Canelo. Okay, and, and I got bailed out on that draw yeah, last did, time. Yeah. Um, I had a fair amount of money on Canelo. So I am neither. I thought Canelo was a more complete boxer. Yeah. After watching what I saw in the first fight, Triple G is a machine for sure. And. I'm excited to see what happened. I, I'm I not I couldn't put money on Canelo again. Couldn't do it again. No. Nah. So you might sit this one out. No, you can't sit. No, nah, I won't sit it out. Yeah. It's my birthday. No, I gotta get <laughs> <You> it. <won't laughs> There's no chance you send it out. <laughs> no chance I send it out. I would actually like to see the line on it. I wonder if they. It's, I haven't looked to see if it's out. I'm sure someone's got it posted somewhere. Yeah. But um, yeah. Triple G was Triple G walked that boy down the whole fight. Yeah, he did. And my man was throwing punches, Canelo. Yep, but he walked him down the whole fight for sure. So yeah, I was very impressed. And um, Canelo said he's gonna knock him out. He said we ain't got to worry about the cards now because I'm gonna knock him out. So it should be a wide open fight. I'm excited. It, it'll be interesting. Definitely. And speaking of uh, speaking of not sending anything out, um, AI today. Yeah, as we just saw tonight. <laughs> So apparently Allen Iverson, proud resident of Charlotte, North Carolina, which we yeah. just learned about today, <laughs> uh, was went to the Hornets versus Sixers game. And, uh, you know, Bubba Chuck was in good spirits, man. Yeah, they, they, they pulled up on him on the sidelines, started to ask him some questions. It was clear that AI was uh, he was having a good time at the game, maybe had a few. Absolutely. Um, slurring his words a bit. Classic AI fit. Classic AI fit. Like, you know, hey, let's let's – Real quick side note on that. Yeah. Shout out to AI for saying I'm not doing skinny jeans. Been wearing that same fit 20 years. I'm gonna wear the I'm gonna wear the XL, the XLT, you know what I mean? And I'm keeping my braids. And that's what I'm gonna do. And, and it's been that way since day one. Shout out AI. hundred percent real dude, genuine dude. I love AI. Um, the reason we- the uh 
the dress code came into play is AI. 100%. And don't forget, AI took a team to the finals that had Matt Geiger and a 48-year-old Dakota Tumbo and Eric Snow. Eric Snow. Yeah, that's why when Edder asked that the other day on the text message, would you rather have a peak Chris Weber or a peak AI? Peak AI took a team to the finals that had no business being there. But anyways, back to AI at this game. He was obviously a little drunk. The reporter asked him, hey, what are you doing in Charlotte? He's like, <laughs> he looked at her dead ass serious like, like, I live here. He's like, bitch, I live here. What are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> Which uh, everything I read, read is that AI lives in Atlanta, so I don't, I don't think he actually Yeah, lives. that must that be, I think that's new. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know if he actually lives in Charlotte. I don't know why he would pick Charlotte of all but places. But yeah, classic AI. Yeah. He had the Nike, the Nike snapback or fitted. I, I didn't see the yeah. back. Had the Nike no, that hat on. Nike. That was a Reebok. He doesn't have. The, he doesn't wear Nike. Yankees. I'm sorry. Yeah, Reebok pays. Reebok yeah, yeah, pays he, AI a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, he had the Yankees hat on, shades, couple diamond necklaces, yeah. t-shirt. Yep. Posted up chilling. She she asked him a question about you know the 76ers because that's who was in town. So he was in there to see his Sixers. Yep. In Charlotte, asked him about you know what they could do in the playoffs. He slurred his words for about thirty seconds and didn't answer the question. Didn't ask, he's like, I, I, I can't say that we don't have enough, but you know, I love, I I love those guys, my young guys. Yeah, my young guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it was funny, but at the same time, like if you read the stories about Iverson, it's like known that he does have a drinking problem and yeah, like, he has, does has always had one in the NBA. Like when he was a player, like apparently he had a serious drinking yeah. problem. I actually read his book. Uh, it's called More Than a Game. It's really interesting. Like it's this dude is uh you might never see anything like this again. Like, I mean, it was just legendary story after legendary story after legendary story. There's one real quick I'll tell. Yeah. Um, I guess he had this super big meeting with Reebok. So everybody knows Iverson signed a Reebok. Um, they actually set up a deal for him where when he turns fifty, you know, Iverson gets like a forty million dollar check from Reebok. Yeah, they took I remember, some of his contract, put I it away. Hearing about knowing that. that he's a wild dude and he gets a huge amount of money from Reebok when he turns fifty. But, yeah, so anyways, he's meeting with Reebok, and uh, his representative, Reebok, brought in the VP of the company. And they were supposed to meet at AI's house at, like, 11 o'clock, right? So the two of them show up there at, like, 1045. AI's not there. He's still out from the night before. So at, like, noon, AI rolls in. Hour 15 minutes later. Yeah, AI rolls into the meeting in his own house (laughs) 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 that he's late for, sits down. And the Reebok guys telling him all this stuff, like, yeah, we want to do all this. We want to do all this, man. Like, this is going to be great. Like, I, I. Iverson stands up, looks at the dude, goes, Alan's tired. Alan's going to sleep. Turns, walks upstairs, goes to his room, and goes to sleep. So the re- his representative from Reebok, who had bought the VP, is, like, shaking. Like, he's like, oh, shit, I fucked this up. Like, ah, yeah. The VP looks at the rep, is like, that is the greatest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I love this guy. And AI is his history. So, yeah, that's just legendary AI story, man. But, yeah, the book is full of great stuff. And I, I love AI, man. My favorite player, second favorite player of all time, hands down. So, really? Yeah, I'm a huge AI fan. I got an authentic AI joint that I still wear. Yeah. Uh, I loved Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson got me back into basketball after Jordan. Fair enough. Like, I watched that whole, uh, that whole season that he actually won the MVP and went to the finals. Like, I was watching Sixers games tough. Yo, and speaking of the NCAA tournament coming up, rest in peace to the Big East, man. They really fucked that it's up. It's done. Speaking of AI, yeah. Georgetown, and all that, like, man, shout out the Big East. Yeah. Someone, I saw some tweet. They were like, what do you want back? And some dude tweeted, like, the 89 Big East oh, yeah. or something. I was like, yeah, wow. All those old school coaches, the, Calhoun, man, Yeah, bro, be crazy, dog. Yeah. Man, that's no catch up, Chicago. 
Sports Edition. For Nick the Quick, I am Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe. Check the podcast out, man. Every week we drop in two a week. Culture, sports, everything in between. Tell a friend. Five-star review. No catch-up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up.